Hello and welcome to the Everton Aren't We podcast. My name's Graham and I'm joined here today with Andrew, David and back in the show is Rev. Rev, how are you, man? Tired, mate. I'm not feeling any better after watching that game. Well, it's good to have you back. Yeah, thanks, um, he's Believe it or not, he actually, he's taller than he actually sounds. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> when you meet him, you'll understand. But look, anyway, guys, um, j- just before we get into the meat and bones of it, uh, I would just like to ask you what your thoughts were on the lineup when it came out. Um, Andrew, I'll start with you, just looking at the lineup when it came out. What were your thoughts? Because no matter what we think, it didn't really come to fruition in any way. So, yeah, um, I don't think it was necessarily a bad lineup. Um, I'm kind of a coin flip as to whether or not I was surprised that Coleman was starting uh, versus Patterson. Yeah. He's been mostly, I mean, he pocketed Zaha, so I can imagine that inspired confidence. Uh, but then he struggled last game. So, yeah, what do you do when Patterson's still coming back? His ankle's been problematic. You don't want to rush it. So that was rough uh, for me. Didn't really know what to think there. McNeil sharing the same 11 with DCL made me very happy. Not that it mattered. Um, yeah. Aside from that, um, a little surprised we didn't go back to the 4 2 3 one shape-wise. But anything with a four at the back, I'm good with, honestly. You can change any of the numbers four to that, and I'm probably fine with it. Yeah. I can honestly say, I think, everything you just said there, um, that was my thoughts as well. I uh, thought Patterson would have come on. thought McNeely would have hugged the line. When we get to see him link up with DCL. Wasn't to be. Uh, Rev, what were your thoughts on the lineup, mate? Yeah, I think I think the same. I think McNeil's definitely earned a, a, a start. Gordon's been, you know, firing a little bit hot and cold. And yeah, I suppose same as Andrew. I was looking forward to seeing that left foot picking DCL out. But it just looked so disjointed in, in practice but yeah I, I could have seen Patterson coming in but yeah again you know Andrew's just said that he had Zaha in his back pocket probably still did have Zaha in his back pocket when he, when he started against Leicester to be honest but um, I, I didn't I didn't see it and go oh this is going to be a tough night Um, I thought it was probably the right maybe with Patterson you know flip of yeah. a coin I think it was probably the right the right 11 Um how wrong we were, you know? Yeah. And Dave, just what was your thoughts on it? Yeah, I was I was expecting to see Patterson back in, and I was hoping to see him back in. As much as I love Seamus Coleman, I think he would offer it a lot more going forward. Um, and when we're at home, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but, like, to me, it would have made sense to bring Patterson back in and then give him a rest when we go down to Bournemouth, either in the league or in the League Cup. It yeah. kind of set the impotence to to go forward at home. And I think Patterson would have offered that more than Coleman did rather than, you know, defensive sureness or defensive stability. Um, I would have sacrificed that for, for bringing Patterson back in the side in comparison to Coleman. But um, other than that, I thought it was standard. I wanted to see Gordon out of the side, but um, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) we'll get onto it, but nobody offered nothing really. No, no. And you know what? (laughs) What a story it was to tell in the first 20 seconds. Leicester had a very good chance on goal. And even when that happened, I was just like, this is going to be one of those games, you know, just like the one last year where they just came to Goodison and hammered us. But Andrew, I'm going to come to you here because you, you mentioned the shape. Um, and it was one of the things I picked up on too, which I find 
with the flat three in midfield, or maybe just two advanced one sitting. Uh, did you think that we were too stiff in that shape? Because in the first 15, first 10 minutes, maybe, I think it was, we were cutting halfway two simple balls through the midfield, and it just took your midfield clean out. Yeah, I, I don't think, I've said this before on some other shows, I don't think it's necessarily the shape in and of itself. It's the intent with which you use it. You could set up with, you know, three or five at the back and bomb on, or you can set up with three and five at the back and chill. This was a 4-3-3 that we have before utilized in a very attacking fashion, and today it just wasn't happening. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but it seemed like the final third was kind of like the North Pole from Polar Express. Like, you know, we visited it once and it was awesome, but then we got a little bit older and we stopped believing in it. Yeah. Um, I was just, see with that too, and I think the thing as well with, with Ghana as that single holder, I don't know, for, for me, he's just, he, he attacks play. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I thought Ghana was doing very well. Yeah. But where he was doing well and, and breaking up play, like it was him that uh, won the ball for Dominic Calvert Lewins. Never beat chance, but then his great ball on the Awobi uh, for the chance Awobi missed that we will speak about. But he's, he, he's not patrolling that area like a Garth Barry or a Lee Carsley or, you know, do you know what I mean? He's, he's just, just that central defensive role, doesn't matter who it is in the past with us or any other team. He's not disciplined in that way but that's what we praise him for but if we play in a single pivot it's just you're left exposed and it doesn't I don't think it helps as well the fact like Rev I'll come to here just like Onana and Awobi they didn't do very well today in my opinion as a whole I know Awobi created a couple of chances but you know they, they were moments as a whole no, and I think Gannon was doing well. He, he picked up that thigh injury, and that was sort of him then too. Yeah, it, for me, I've, I've been... Anana came in, and he started strong, and I thought, right, I need to see for myself. I want to see a little more from him now. And he seems to have plateaued a little bit. Um, For me, kind of like what Andrew said about like the intent, if we're going to play through the lines, we need players who are going to be brave. The amount of times you just saw that safe pass back, Cody, Tarkowski, Coleman, Pickford, Cody, Tarkowski, Garner, Coleman. Like there was a period in the first half where that little combination just, it, it happened about six, seven times and Leicester just watched us. And it was like, I don't know if we thought we were being kind of clever and cute with it and just kind of keeping hold of the ball. But it's like, if we're going to play through the lines, we're going to have to actually play through the lines here. <laughs> like We're going to have to actually go forward with it as opposed to just keep going backwards. And it just didn't feel like that intent was there at all. I prefer, I prefer a wall be a little further forward. That kind of four-two-three-one that Andrew mentioned. Um, it all across the pitch today. It just felt like something was missing from everyone. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that really kind of came to fruition in the middle of the park because that's where the, the games essentially won and lost in it. Yeah. So yeah, it was just yeah. lackluster. Yeah. Definitely, and and just as as, as Rev says that they've only come to you now. You just done. He says something was missing, so I think I was nearly nodding off with how bad it was in the second half. But I think that first half hour really told a story. And Dave, what was it missing? Tactically, for you, <laughs> I would 
I would say the first five minutes told told the story. I mean, yeah, I'm being I'm being, I'm being nice to the carrier. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was listening on the radio for the first 10, 15 minutes, and you could even tell through the radio, and it's a little bit harder to understand through the radio as opposed to the television, but you could tell that we were on the back foot. And I'll tell you what, yeah. If in in and I'm not trying to be extreme here, but if Lampard is to have any success as an Everton manager. I don't care who you're playing at home. You take the game to the opposition through your pressing defensively and through getting the ball forward with forward passes, looking to break the lines, look, looking to get the ball into your forward players. as Not a, not necessarily as quick as possible, but quickly at the bare minimum. Um, I think that's what was missing from the opening half hour. And, I mean, I think just not, not to change it, Graham, but overall what was missing was movement in the final third. I mean, yeah. you look at it when the picture's there, and it was more evident, I would say, in the second half than in the first half because I felt as though we had a lot of the ball in the final third in the second half. It almost seemed like, well, more in comparison to the first half. But you would say the movement was just shocking. It was it was so static. There was nobody looking to, to say, give me the ball here. There was nobody moving in and out of spaces, no players running off of their, their teammates runs. Um, but like you said, I mean, you know, the first five minutes, I think we let Lester have the run of the park and, and they took it and they, they went with it. I mean, that goal by Tealeman, some finish, but it was coming, wasn't it? Yeah. Just to echo as well. Sorry, Andrew, you want to jump on there? Yeah, I disagree somewhat with the goal was coming, or at least the manner of the goal. That was so easily avoidable if Cody just boots that long. I don't know what the fuck that little chip clearance was, but it should have been well over the halfway line when he got that. Like, he just chips it. It goes straight to them. After that nutmeg yeah. little sequence there, he should have, like, michelenko that thing to the other keeper <laughs> i just think i just think andrew what happened there is i think we were I, I mean you saw from the press we got that chance from a Wobie. so my question is why not continuously press like that i know it's a little bit energy sapping and it's a little bit draining but i felt as though lester had enough half chances to to say they could be in in front by a goal you know we had yeah. we had that a Wobie chance that springs to mind that's what i mean by it it was coming to be honest, yeah, no, yeah, definitely I, I, see your better. Point. I see your point. That, Just the that way that one in the game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that flashpoint in the game. And I, I think Onana could have done better from that goal, too. And well, that's, that's probably that's being screen. critical. That's yeah, probably no, being critical. No, you're not. Graham you're Boy. not, because that's what I was about to chime in with. I can understand where, where Cody can do that wee chip. Like every one of us has played the game. And, you know, sometimes your foot can just be off that when you try to lift your leg, you can't get that weight under your leg. And, Sometimes, especially as a defender, even just to get a touch, they disrupt the movement of the ball, that it can just offset anything that's happening. And nine times out of ten, that can actually work out in your favor for another clearance. What really angered me about that today, and I thought Onana was pretty shy today, to be honest. Um, Onana's ball watching. You'll see it back when you watch match today. I couldn't believe it when I say just ball watching. And then he's sort of just looking at everything going on. Then he sort of looks and sees Tillemans and is just like, oh, there's no effort there. Tillemans, what a goal. But it was calamitous defending as a whole. I'm not, 
I'm I'm defending Cody a wee bit because I understand where he is, but as as a team, we shouldn't have got there. Also, just to go back, Dave, on your tactical one, you're talking about the press and stuff. The way that we set up and we were really naive and really stiff. Like I said earlier, we were naive here because that's just all over my notes. And it's the fact that we were holding our banks like we were playing away from home. And when we're and where we were running the ball was actually when Leicester was sort of getting a bit of confidence and trying to get a string of passes, and it became quite readable. And that was a story for both teams today because there were so many interceptions. You know, and, and that's where we were actually getting our fortune in winning the ball and going forward. But it was absolutely shite. Leicester had 15 attempts at us in the, fir- in the first half. It's not good enough, Rev, is it? No, it's not. I think what's strange is there's so many new players on that pitch, yet we're still kind of falling into bad habits that we were in last season. Like the, this kind of absolute sheer panic when there's like when there's a, a ball bouncing around of everyone almost like sucking onto the six-yard line. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, the amount of times I shouted sheep at the telly just, <laughs> just like, or, or lack thereof, do you know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing? Like this, this is schoolyard stuff. Like, yeah. These are all professionals. You know how the game's played. Uh, just the amount of space. Like, my dad, my dad will tell you, and I'm surprised he didn't tell you, Dave, to be honest, just how much space we seem to give right-sided players at Goodison. It's been yeah. like that forever. And, and you know, and you just see that kind of, that that massive space open on the Bullens Road. You just go, how how on earth has no one spotted him or them? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the, doubling up, there's the amount of times when like, bad habits just crept in again from last season. You go, we've come through this. We should have learned from it. It's just so frustrating to watch it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I think it's fair to say, we are all very frustrated here. But, like, I think it's fair to say we do still all believe in this team and these players. Just had a bad game. It's even worse that it's the likes of Leicester who are booing Damari Gray. Why? Because you sold him because he was surplus to require. I was also booing Damari Gray. You always boo Damari Gray. They're even doing uh, <laughs> no. Dave's favorite chance. No, you're shit. Ah, every time, Pepper, that just I'm, gives me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in here because I, I did this the last time I spoke about Leicester. I detest Leicester fans with Other... deep and burning passion. They're the T word, aren't they? They are indeed, sir. Mm-hmm. I cannot they stand are them. They're horrible. Yeah. You choruses of feed the scouts. I just thought, oh, he's a horrible stories. All he's and and that that ah uh, your <laughs> shit ah uh, leave that in the football league, man. Like what he's doing, gimps. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, look- I believing in this team. I believe in the project. I I will say to your comment about believing in the players. I do think we are woefully bereft of consistent talent in the final third our front three is patchwork if gray and gordon are both not at their best then we have sincere problems i think yeah mcneil did a pretty solid job today he and ghana were probably like the least terrible players on the pitch i don't think anyone's good but i think they were the two least shitty but Gray doing classic Gray stuff. He did heat check Gray with his left boot. What the fuck, man? And then I think Dom, honestly, you know, before he got hurt, he was okay for what he offered. He should have scored, but so should Wobi. I would disagree. I thought the Baldy Wobi was good from Calvert Lewin. Mm-hmm. He had one or two flick ons, um, which were decent. Now he was a presence, and I always argue that fact that he, he, he 
is a presence and he he occupies defenders, which helps us as a team. Yeah. But he was per I, I praise the guy that much. like Mopai does. Yeah, Mopai just doesn't then, you know what I mean? He, he Yeah. I just if you gutted our front three right now, I've said January, it's over, it's done. Yeah. All three of them, mind you, if we're talking Gray, Gordon, DCL, are nearly pure profit across the board. Not even we're just that. They're like all four million. In they're two. all replaceable, though. Even even yeah. even that's a better way I would put it is the fact that we would all replace them. Now, when I say yeah. we believe in the team and stuff, I mean I believe in Everton as a squad because there's a lot yeah. in there I still would get the rid idea. of. And we have mentioned <laughs> we have mentioned a lot as well that the uh, the what we have up top isn't good enough. But if they can do their jobs, we know this midfield has a lot of potential and now it has a bit of depth. Yeah. Thought Garner came on and did okay today. Yeah, good call on Garth. Yeah, he was solid. But, um, and obviously the, the defence, none of us have a right to absolutely tear any shreds of any of them, to be honest, the way they've been playing this season, uh, especially. I think Dave Tarkovsky played really well today. But again... Yeah. And Mick Michalenko as well. Michalenko too, yeah. yeah. Problem with Michalenko, and I think it's really unfair. Dave, will come to you on this. I think it's really unfair that he gets a lot of grief off a lot of people but the one thing I will say is though he only shine now yes he's a defender and this 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 could be a chat for a pod on its own but he, he tends to he plays his best when we're under pressure he's not progressive you know it's all yeah. reactive when it's coming at us but I think I think it's a point that I may have made in a previous pod but he's He's coming off of he, he's playing as Everton's left back, coming off of Lucas Dina and Leighton Baines, who yeah, for both of those, you know, when they both played for Everton, you would say they were probably at minimum best three attacking left backs in the league. Probably, I mean, Baines in his pomp was the best, and Dina for you know when he was in a run of form was arguably the best. You know, lots of Evertonians were shouting that. And what you're seeing is a different player in Mikolenko. He defends first, and that's his first and yeah. foremost thought is, is let me mark up my winger, my, you know, that I'm coming up against. And I think it's, you know, when it's at least myself, my mentality is to be careful in, in judging him in terms of his forward play, which he, he does need to offer something. Let's not, let's get it right. He does need to offer something, but he's just a different player. And we've been spoiled with attacking left backs that are very good. So that's probably the expectations from Evertonians as a whole is we need a good for you know, a good forward thinking left back, which Mikolenko probably I don't know if he'll ever be that, but at this moment in time, he's definitely not. So I'd agree with you that the criticism is a little bit unfair. It's just him playing as himself, which is a good defensive left back with yeah. something to offer going forward. Not everything like the link, like the likes of, of Dini and, and Baines had, but that's growing pains, isn't it? For the yeah. squad and for fans too. Mikhalenko's young as well, isn't he? He's not that old, is yeah. he? 23. 22, 22, maybe yeah. 23. So there's time. Maybe. It sort of plays on the. I, I keep banging on about this in the pods too, saying that you know, if we have Patterson pushing up and we're actually pressing at home and we have a presence up front. I think there's room now for as much as I, I hate it and I, I could interfere with this, but 
I think it's time maybe it will be took up one of the wings and if you have Ghana and Unana fit, maybe put Garner in there with them because I'm just not seeing enough from the wingers. It's not good enough. It just really isn't. It's, it's and I don't mean to steal anybody's thunder here hopping on, but when I was in the pub, I was having the same exact chat. It's Everton is in a conundrum in terms of their playing style because what you have is when Patterson's out of that side, if you want to keep the ball, and keep the ball well in the final third. Well, you need movement. And that movement is is primarily, you see good sides do it all the time. That movement is from your fullbacks, right? So if you have Coleman and Mikolenko in the side, you're not going to get that movement from your fullbacks if if you're, you know, if your ideology is to keep the ball in the final third, right? You're not going to get fullbacks who go forward. But on the flip side of that, which I think is what we've been seeing more so this season, is if you want to play on the break, what you're reliant on is decision-making from your forward players who break. Yeah, And I think as, as good as Calvert-Lewin is with players playing off of him, players playing off of him are Gray and Gordon, who you would say probably Gray more so than Gordon because Gordon's a bit younger and, and has a bit more potential to grow. But you would say their decision-making is poor at times. It really is. So I think that Everton, in terms of their attack and playing style and, and their game plan as a whole, I think that we're in a bit of a conundrum a paradox I suppose like we have been for the past 30 years but (laughs) um but I mean it that's that's something that I kind of just realized today is if you are looking to play on the break well you need players who are very good at decision making you know when when they are counter-attacking and I don't think Gray or Gordon offer that at least at this moment in time yeah you could say that across sorry go ahead I was going to say, I heard Damari Gray described as a Champions League player with championship decision-making. Yeah. And you know, you go, it's pretty it's not good. A bad show. Yeah. yeah, no, he's got all the attributes. It's just his his choices are often baffling unless they come off. Like, unless yeah. he hits that screamer like Arsenal against Arsenal, we'd be saying, bin him immediately. Mm. Yeah. And if he was like just a teensy bit slower... I don't think he'd be anywhere near the 11. Yeah, intelligence, isn't it? You know, like you see all the top sides have so many intelligent players. And I think that we have intelligence in the back four, um, particularly yeah. even when Patterson and Michelenko are in there. I think they're both very intelligent, not very, but intelligent players with two very intelligent center halves. So you'd be looking to replicate that in the final third. And I mean, I'll keep banging the drum. You've got to buy something in January, at least two yeah. players minimum that offer something more in the final third. And yeah. yeah, I think so. Or a winger and a second midfielder, something that offers something in the final third that primarily would be goals and goal involvements because yeah. there's not enough goals in this side. Just Sag, on our free. <laughs> no problem. Just take the entire squad's wage bill and triple it. Yeah. One thing I will say is, right, so we were talking about the way that we've broken, we've been passing, and we were talking earlier about the passing where, and it looks to be a thing here now where we're trying to pass it out from the back now and, and just continuously take it off the pitch and, and go for goal, which is all which is all fine and well, I'm all for that. But um, feel free, anyone needs to come in on this because I don't know which one needs to ask directly, but we don't seem to work on any passing drills that work into a shot outside the box. And we're playing against uh, we're playing against the top scoring team in the league. 
And you can see Leicester doing it all the time. You can see when that ball gets on Madison's toe, it's like a hot potato, but in a good way where he's just like, oh, 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 you know, where am I putting this? And he, he's looking for it, but it's it's diabolical. I seen Onana with a boy. He, he just didn't know what to do. He went from down the pitch, challenging and looking great. He's sitting up there at the edge of the box like Bambi on ice. We seen, oh, we never really went there, but I think we can all just agree Awobi should have done a lot better. Ghana, brilliant, wins the ball. Calvert-Lewin messes his shot, let's face it. But then he recovers with a fantastic ball on the Awobi and he scuffs it again. Awobi season, can't really flame for that. Do you know what I mean? But, Andrew, can, do you think there's something missing with these passing drills around yeah. scoring outside the box? A better team to practice them against. Uh, that's the thing. We see all these drills in uh i remember mm-hmm. the preseason we were like god they look so good and then you're like oh that's right because they're doing it against other everton players fuck <laughs> so yeah he we need is, like a is. default <laughs> scrimmage squad to practice against with real opposition these are the views of andrew millington masochistic weekend to be fair mate that's, that's a very good point dave um i know you your coach, um, do do you feel that we're missing that because it's just not in our game? Yeah, I think that. I mean, you look at it, and to me, it almost looks as though the game plan is work the ball and then get it wide and get get it in the box to Calvert Lewin. But what quality are those chances to Calvert Lewin? Is it quality service? Because I think you saw the chance that fell to him today, and it's it's a point that I I, I made to myself earlier is. He's a player who needs to be, you know, there for cutbacks and there for balls that are that are coming back to him rather than putting the ball in front of him. So to me, it's as though the game plan with all those passing patterns and everything you're seeing is get the ball wide, but then you're having no forward run to create high-quality chances from the fullbacks. Exactly. So it's almost as though let's just, pump, let's just pump the ball into the box, pump the ball into the box, and – you're going to struggle. And I think that additionally on this point that I want to build on, Graham, is these players don't take nearly enough chances in terms of when the ball falls to them on top of the box. You know if you have a bit of space, take that on, hit it every single time. I think that two goals you never see from Everton score. I I mean, you hardly see Everton score are a fullback in behind, and the, genuinely the last time I can think of us scoring this goal was Palace away in the COVID year, was Coleman to, to Calvert-Lewin. A, side, a, a goal that you see a lot of good side score is the fullback gets around the back, boom, easy cut back to the number nine. You never see Everton scoring those no. goals, and you never see Everton scoring goals from outside the box. No. You just don't. <laughs> you see, you've seen a what we scored the other week against Man United because he has that bit, of, that bit of space to go ahead and take it on, but I mean, I think it's a culmination of the two things is, well, what are you trying to get from these passing patterns? And it has to be chances, but not only chances, high quality chances. And it, it looks as though there's there's no objective with them. You're just keeping the ball to keep it. Yeah. Ray, have you only touched on that too? Yeah, I think the, the other problem is as well, because of the, the two profiles of our two centre forwards are so vastly different. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any kind of consistency with well, Mopai's on the pitch now, so we now play like this. We know Calvert Lewin, like Ancelotti came in, and the first thing he was said was like, "Hey, this is how this is how Calvert Lewin scores goals." Lo and behold, 
Calvert-Lewin scored loads of goals. We've seen to abandon that since, which is ridiculous. The other problem, like I've just said, is the fact that there doesn't seem to be two profiles of play for the players that are playing. Do you know what I mean? There doesn't seem to be a kind of... Like, we're still trying to bang balls into Mopai. And it's like, the guy, the guy's six, you know, six inches tall. Like, why... Why are we still playing that big long ball to him? That's daft. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna play out, play out with him on the pitch. If you're gonna play long, there's Carvalho, and if not, you play long to Onana. I, I don't get the kind of lack of intelligence in in that sense. I don't understand what they're trying to do. That surely the idea is to have two profiles to confuse sides, not confuse ourselves. Yeah, and, and you know what? And that that that's. My as much as I'm behind the coaching staff and, and and Frank and his team, I'm all behind it. But that is my biggest gripe, and that's where I'll say, like uh, we were chatting earlier in the group, and I was saying, the jigsaw isn't finished yet, and I, and yeah. and some of it is on them because there needs to be different plans for different setup scenarios. Doesn't matter, they do it all week. There has to be that. So in regards to how we play when certain players are on. And, and Rev, I, I've said that before. And the reason I, I keep talking about a centre for people saying we need just a different Calvert Lynn is going to be fit. I, I think we're, I need some, we need something that's right in the middle of the spectrum because we literally have two strikers that are complete opposite ends. You know, and, and that does make it harder to transition to styles. I, I think, anyway. But it's, it's something that's really bugging me when I'm watching us. And to go back as well, just Dave, when you're talking about you know our, our wingers and our attacking play and stuff, it's so frustrating because they just get up there and like every every Evertonian and his dog wanted to see uh, Dwight McNeil utilise to whip the ball on the Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Why the fuck did that not happen today? Honestly, like it's 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 down to all of them. Why aren't the players trying to move? They all love to go left every other game. Why the actual game that they have Dwight McNeil on the pitch? Are we fucking central? It's it's the thing I think from what they're saying. Like when, when was the last time you saw a full an Everton fullback overlap the winger and when and that ball played in and the ball around the back and the ball into the box? We exactly. Don't do it anymore. But the wingers aren't even advancing in, cutting and shooting. Because you know what? If they did that and they shot fifteen in the first half. And they missed fifteen. You'd still say, but they have a plan. I haven't got yeah, a, yeah. I haven't got a fucking clue what they're doing. No, honestly, yeah. and they definitely don't have a clue what they're doing. No, it's so disjointed. Why aren't they just, just go back to basics, hug the line, or else know your fullbacks here. Tell them to get up. They support you because, you know, their defence has you. And I, I don't, know, I don't even know where I'm going. With it. I just, but the old eye test. You eye know test, what, like. It's I, just I, frustrating to watch. It's so fucking infuriating to watch. It really is. From the start today, I was just like, nah, we're, we're getting off in here. Yeah. I, I you honestly keep saying that. Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, man. Like, when, when Mopai comes on, what, what you should really do is every time he comes on, if we haven't got that second way of playing for him, he should just bring Rondon on as well and use Rondon as the knockdown for him and have Mopai buzzing around him. Because if, if there's something that's Rondon's good at, it's bringing the ball down and holding it up. Why don't you just bring them both on at the same time and go, right, we're changing the idea slightly. Not a lot, just slightly. Enough to make a possible impact. Because we know Rondon's not going to do a whole lot, but that he can do. And then you wouldn't have yeah. to change the plan so drastically from the plan that is there with Calvert-Lewin on the pitch. 
Is there no one young? Is there no one young? I personally, I couldn't have run on that pitch. I do feel sorry for him, but I, I just couldn't. But that's just me. Is there not someone? Is there not one of those kids that can just come in and maybe do that? You know what I mean? Just yeah. is there no options? Well, is, is there is there a glass ceiling there that no one's coming through? You know, and the annoying thing is we, we keep sending Sims out on loan. I know he's not, you know, people are talking about he's not ready and whatever, but surely the, the last season when he went out on loan, scored a load of goals, surely this would have been the season. I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not the loan manager. I don't know their profiles, their histories, whatever. It's just on the eye. I'd have kept one, at least one of them. Do you know what I mean? We sent Broadhead and Sims out. To me, it should have been Sims that stayed. I don't think Broadhead's good enough. I don't think Sims is really good enough, but I think he's closer. And, and what I will say, and I was very vocal on, no, Sims needs to go out, blah, blah, blah. But it was absolutely criminal that he went out when we had no centre forward at the start of the season. Yeah. yeah, That was. But yeah. um, Andrew, you were going to drop him with a point earlier there. What was it, Paul? <laughs> there was nothing important. Just, he kept saying Jigsaw, and I'm imagining Everton in the movie where he's like, do you want to play a game? And Everton's like, no, actually. <laughs> Oh, it was awful, but it was so bad, it's good. I love it. Um, <laughs> thanks for cheering me up. Um, while we're on a jigsaw topic with Andrew, <laughs> Jesus. Um, look, I, I know there's going to be a breakdown, as we usually do, of the players, but um, I'm just going to kind of go through the team here, lads, all right? Um, so, Andrew, how would you sum up Pickford tonight, very quickly? Couldn't have done anything better for the Tealman's goal. Uh, like I said, I don't think he should have had to face it in the first place, but um, that one wasn't on him. He was okay. Uh, he did have a couple of those moments. I've talked about this before where like, like he and Coleman had this thing where they're ready to do a throw in, but they're looking for something that nobody else is. And then they have to stop. And like all the momentum is gone. I think yeah. they just need to know who they are throwing or kicking to and stop trying to play things that are never going to come off because they just have to stop and reset and wait. Um, I think he was fine. For the most part, he came out a bit too far a couple times, but seven, eight out of ten, fine. Yeah, that one he was caught in no man's land. Yeah, uh, I was actually quite good for Michelangelo to rescue him there, but yeah, it was a bit terrifying. Um, but yeah, just just to, uh, I'll go through the subs even just. Um, Rev, what, what do you think of Garner when he came on? Breath of fresh air, I think. Um, yeah, we, yeah. We we looked so very unimaginative moving the ball out of midfield. Um, uh, Drissagana guy just had this kind of thing where it was like just go forward man please for God's sake just go forward Um, so for me James Garner coming on was was a breath of fresh air and it was the kind of energy I think we needed in the middle of the park he he looked like he was in the mood to prove himself Um, I, I'd seriously be considering starting him especially in the cup game yeah uh, Dave what do you think of Patterson when he came on thought he was very good he showed uh i thought he was one of the players willing to, to, to show something going forward um <clears throat> you know it was one fluky cross that would have been fine in the first moment in the first minute maybe not in the 81st but i thought he was good when he came on um andrew uh what did you think of gordon um a bit too try hard. I think that's kind of the thing when he's used as a sub, he kind of feels the need to do too much. Like he tried to play a cross pitch pass that was roughly 15 yards short. Um, it was, uh, 
optimistic is a word that I use, but I, I truly don't know that he thinks that he could really pull that one off. That was weird. Um, same thing, just he does the same thing as Gray, just to a lesser extent. He tries to take it all on himself, and he wasn't working well with Patterson like he should have been. I don't think they overlap really well with each other yet. Yeah. Um, someone asked me about the Corey, please. What do you think about the Corey? No. Absolute shite again. No harm. Honestly, like that, that is Abdullah the Corey. How Apart did he get two? on the pitch over Tom Davis? Exactly. Ugh. Tom Davis isn't going to push us up the pitch. I, I get that he's maybe the most like Onana, but literally, it was harder to do what he'd done for that second goal. Honestly, if, if it went the way it should have went 99 times out of 100, it, we're, th- we're three for a potential chance. Now, God bless him, he, he, he tracks the whole way back for the goal. That's just, he can't control the ball. Honestly, people give Pickford shit, and he's a fucking fantastic keeper in my eyes, but look, everybody's opinion's fine. But you know what? I get called all the time in the Decore one, so I'm entitled to mine. You know, he's absolutely shocking. People talk about this. Oh, he was amazing at, at Watford and stuff, going up and down with Capoue. He was at Watford sc- scraping relegation. He wasn't. He wasn't good enough. Again, you don't have, it's, to, it's, you don't have to convince us, you know. Like, I, I agree. Well, I, but yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? You disagree? I'll go on. Um, <laughs> it's Ben Garfrey thing, too. Look, and you know what? I'm pulling Ben Garfrey. People say I give Ben Garfrey a lot of shit. Oh, and, you and I bastard. I know you love him, but what I'm saying is, again, so DeCorey got all this love on because he was doing a job that was a bit alien to him and was quite isolated with not a lot to do. It was basically cover for Hammes. Cover for Hammes and break something up if you can. Fantastic. Ben Goffrey, we need a left back. Go and get on there. As a defender, with, with centre halves either side of him and, and, and with this isolated area of the pitch, Ben Goffrey did very well. You actually could have seen him becoming a left back. The only problem being... Over the halfway line, he has nosebleeds. You know what I mean? So Abdullah Corey now into his natural position, where for me, with Ben Goffrey, into his natural position, to me, he's found out. So Corey having the run of that midfield is just not good enough. He needs to go. Like that, That's wasted wages. I know they give him an extra deal there, but that was just a protect the asset because of his contract length. I think he was on his last year this year. He's not good enough. You, he really you, isn't. You're not. Do you not think though that that Davis would have been a best sub? I do. I think they. I, I think I Davis think, would have been a lot tidier on the ball. Well, yeah, I you could put Davies in in the six. This is the thing now. Davies started the season so well, and he, he's overlooked now. to come in the six? Why did Garner not come in for Onana and Tom yeah, Davies and Fagana? That makes sense. I would have brought in. I would have brought, um, brought in Davies for Ghana at halftime, and I would have brought in Patterson for Coleman at halftime. And then around the 60th minute mark, I would have probably looked to bring in Garner for Onana and then, you know, change. Uh, I think, I will say, I think Lampard probably got it wrong in terms of bringing on Malpai by himself. Um, I don't know about Rondon. I mean, probably not. But, <laughs> I mean, I think he should have probably left them aside, Calvert-Lewin, and gone 4-4-2 there. Um, especially if you're going to pump long balls up to the head of, of Malpai. It just makes sense to have Calvert-Lewin on the pitch, uh, like the point he, went he made there, right? He, he's already went off injured, you madman. Calvert Lewin did. Yes, sir. Yeah. It happens when you oh, drink in a pub. Fantastic. Fantastic. 
<laughs> That's great news. Thanks, fellas. Straight up in the tunnel. <laughs> I was yeah. I was off to, to empty the tank at that time, and then I came back and I asked what the changes were. So um, <laughs> I actually I actually did not know that. I thought it was just a straight a straight swap mob fight for Calvert Lewin, and I was thinking, what's going on here? But now that he's injured, that's just that makes my day a lot better. That's fantastic. Off the ball too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. I Rev's idea about bringing on Rondon and Mopai is like a Venezuelan Groot and a French rocket raccoon. I don't know. That could work. I just think if we're, if we're not going to actually change the, the, the dynamics of the way we play, we're not going to play to Mopai's strengths. Not that we ever play to any of our centre-forward strengths, but at least give the lad a chance. Do you know what I mean? At least give, uh, give someone the targets of Rondon to aim at so we can hold the ball up. Like, that, like Campbell and Jeffers, do you know what I mean? Like that kind of idea. Just not as good. Oh, Everton. But uh, guys, that'll that'll do it. Too. What a shocking game! Um, I'm sure we'll be back tomorrow with the day after with a player breakdown for more misery. Um, Andrew, David, thanks for coming on. Rev, good to have you on again, mate. Hope to have you good. on soon. Yeah, it's good to see you. So when you do the player breakdown, you can have a fan breakdown on as well. <laughs> we like Me to call them meltdowns. Dave. Rev, have you got a word from our sponsors? <laughs> well, apparently Graham has the, the best the best techniques to shave your nuts. Um, and that will be coming in shortly. I'll send you the video in private, mate. All right. Yeah. Delicious. All right. Cheers, lads. All the best. Up the toffees. That was Back shit. To the front. <laughs> Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And... It basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000k LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear, and ear trimmer. And the weed bucket is also waterproof and also has Manscaped skin safe technology as well, which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped box Boxes and Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped 
with this exclusive offer for you get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAWpodcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWpodcast at gmail.com